The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome to Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Join your host who is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely Hyphen You and has 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine authentic power. And now here is Gina Gardner, your host of Leadership for Life. Hello there and welcome to today's show. We've got a really great show for you today. Well, I hope all of my shows are great and offer you something special. But my guest today, Steve Pipe, has an incredible story to share with you about his contribution. And if you think about it, we live in a world where the gap between those who have and those who haven't is widening. One of the things that makes such a difference is when people have a kindness of heart and a generosity that turns into action. It's one of the things that I noticed most during the pandemic is that not only were people polarized between those who had and those who didn't, but you saw the very worst and the very best of people. And the very best of people came out when they were thinking about others and taking actions to support and help them which is what the organisation Be One, G One, Buy One, Give One is all about. And if you're a regular watcher or listener to this show, you'll know that we're very proud members of Be One, G One, and that it's something that we talk about on every show. But why is it important to be kind and generous? And I want to spend the first part of the show talking about it in terms of our personal lives. And then when Steve joins me after the break, we're going to be talking about how kindness and generosity is not only great for the people who are on the receiving end, but also is great business too. So let's think about kindness. And I want to make a differentiation because there are many people who are kind and they use it as a barter. I'll be kind to you if you're kind to me. You scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. But I'm not actually talking about that. I'm talking about when you give wholeheartedly, not because you expect anything in return, not because um, it is something that you think that you ought to do so other people think that you're great, but you do it unconditionally. And I want to give you an example of something I experienced a few years ago. Um, those of you that know my story well will know that I um, have I've undertaken many of Tony Robbins' courses and actually became a senior leader. And one of the things that he started, firstly in America, but now it's worldwide, is the Basket Brigade, which is uh, people would be um, gearing up for it at this time of year, ready for Christmas. The original basket came to him on Thanksgiving when he was penniless and somebody arrived at the front door, knocked on the door and said, here you are. And everything was there to, um, to provide a Thanksgiving dinner. They didn't expect thanks. They just gave him that gift. And it was a turning point for him 
because he recognized that other people cared about him and that triggered something in him for him to start caring about him. So the Basket Brigade works it all the way through the year. People are working to raise uh, sponsorship and to get all of the ingredients for a Christmas dinner. And when I first started doing it, it was in the East End of London and we'd turn up at a school on a Saturday morning. All of the ingredients would be there, the turkey and the potatoes and the, uh, the vegetables and a Christmas pudding and sweets for the children and crackers and so on. And we were on long trestle tables and we were giving our time to put these things together in a basket with a beautiful bow and a little note which just said, um, with love at Christmas. And then we were given a list of people to deliver these to and we were given very, very clear instructions that you simply knock on the door, as the door opens, you'd like to say, this is for you with love and then you go away. You don't, people would, we were told, and in fact the reality was that people tried to offer us money or something in return, but we were very clear, this is a gift for you. This is a gift for you. And the subtext of that is because you have value. We see you, we recognize you, and we believe that you have value. Now the people on the receiving end, it was something very magical to watch their faces as they recognized. And these were people who had been nominated by social services or by schools, and they were in the poorest of areas. And you recognize that if they didn't receive this basket, they would not have a Christmas dinner. And if you think about it, you know, there's 365 days of the year. This is just one day, but one day when people really, really considered someone else. I came away from that first time and subsequently every time with an incredible feeling that I had done something worthwhile because I'd given of myself and I had done that selflessly. Now I already thought that I was a kind person and I all had always, I hoped, um, done things for other people because I wanted to help, that's who I am. But what it really taught me was this whole aspect of giving unconditionally and giving because it's the right thing to do. Now, I've worked with so many clients who've been depressed, who've been anxious, unhappy. And one of the strategies that I teach them is to do random acts of kindness. Now, they don't have to cost a lot of money or even any money. But, you know, something like holding the door open for someone. You could argue that's common courtesy. But in some situations, it's not. Letting somebody out into the traffic. Giving someone who is less fortunate than you something that makes them recognize that they are of value. So that could be, you know, somebody's begging in the streets and you think, I don't want to give them money because I don't want it to go on drugs or alcohol, but going and getting them a cup of coffee and a sandwich and handing that to them. I've done that many times and often they've got an animal and I'll get, you know, some, some dog food as well. And their faces, as you just say, I thought you might be able to use this, smiled and just moved on. Of really considering someone else is such precious treasure. It could be that you know that somebody's lonely and you pick up the phone and give them a ring. Or that you've got a neighbour that you don't know that you think 
it, you're going to the shops and you know they've got two young children, it's not, not easy for them to get out or they're elderly. And just knocking and saying, going to the shops, can I get you anything? It doesn't have to be big. But one of the things that drew me to B1G1 was that it was an opportunity to give and it was made affordable for everybody because, well, Steve will tell you all about that. But also the, the projects that they have are not giving charity in the old sense of the world where, you know, here you are, this is something I'm giving you. But for the most part, they were giving people tools and the opportunity to then learn how to help themselves. Education for children, for example, that's a prime example of, of something that will enable them to take themselves out of poverty. And we in the Western world, you know, if you're watching this, the chances are that you are on the top few percent of the world in terms of your material wealth. Do we not have a responsibility to help those people who for no fault of their own have been bought in, born into very different circumstances? That if we can demonstrate to those people that we care, not in a patronizing way, but in a way that gives them a leg up, surely that's good for them. And actually it's good for us too. Because what it does for us is it feeds our soul. It fills up our batteries. It gives us a sense of who we are. And when we do it, as I say, wholeheartedly, without expecting anything in return, then you get a very different feeling to that, I'll be kind to you if you're kind to me. But before we go into the break, the other area of kindness that I want to speak about is you hear so often people being unkind in the words that they use. And that costs you nothing. But when you are overcritical, when you complain, when you are unkind to someone. Now, I was talking to a client last night, a new client, and he's very distressed because of a divorce he's going through. But when we started the session, he said, I want to make her hurt. She's made me unhappy. I want to make her hurt more than me. And as I pointed out to him, that does more damage to him than it does to the person who's not actually around. It also has huge uh, impact on his children who happen to live with him for half the week. When we speak words of kindness, we are not only giving that gift to someone else, but we are truly giving a gift to ourselves. So notice your patterns of speech. Notice your patterns of actions. And unkindness is often because you're not being thoughtful. You know, thoughtless acts can be very, very unkind. We've talked a lot about being mindful, about doing things consciously. And if you set out to leave a legacy, a living legacy, that your words and your deeds are constructive, positive and kind, then you'll have lived a pretty good life. But you have to be aware of how often your, wound, your words, your actions can wound others. Sometimes because you've been thought less and that you haven't done it deliberately, but other times when you've gone out to wound someone else, ask yourself, What's really going on here? 
Why am I so unhappy that I want to make someone else more unhappy? Because in reality, you lose out far more. So for me, being kind is a way of life. Being kind is something that fills you up and gives you a greater quality of life. And I would urge you all, don't wait till you die to leave a legacy. Leave a living legacy moment by moment in the words that you use and the actions that you take. And make sure that what you do is positive and constructive and kind. And of course, be kind to yourself, not indulgent, but kind. You know, we make up all of these stories. Comparatonitis, I think, is a worse virus than COVID when we compare ourselves to others. It's destructive. Being kind is learning to love who you are. And if you love who you are, you don't want to be unkind to other people. So we're going to come back after the break and we're going to talk to Steve Pipe, who is a guy who is a heart on legs. He has a track record of supporting and helping people in a, a vast variety of ways. He's truly inspirational. And I look forward to introducing to him to you after the break. You have been listening to Gina Gardner on Leadership for Life. We'll be back after this quick break. Want to get the best out of life personally and professionally? Are you ready to step into a life which excites and fulfills you? Well, the right place for you is Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk4TV. We will share with you stories from inspiring people a wide range of guest experts, and lots of practical strategies to help you get the very best out of your personal and professional life. Leadership for Life is a radio and TV show focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Join international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer, Gina Gardner, live every Thursday 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Become the leader of your own life. Gina Gardner's number one international best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment, provides you with the foundational principles on which to become the best leader of your own life. It's available as an ebook, paperback, hardback, and as an audio from genuinely-u.com or also from Amazon. Every one of the principles have been proven to work for the countless people who have used them, including the author. Now, let's put them to work for you. If you're ready to discover your true leadership life design, accelerate your journey with an invitation to join Gina for Leadership for Life VIP Day. Choose your journey of self-discovery where Gina will help you navigate your way to happiness, success, and fulfillment. To find out more, email gina at genuinely-u.com. Welcome back to Leadership for Life. Here is your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there. And I am absolutely thrilled to be able to say that Steve Pipe is on our show today. I've known him for some time and he is the most impressive guy. Let me read you his bio. Steve Pipe grew his boutique consulting business from a spare bedroom to a team of 40 people. Along the way, he was named UK Entrepreneur of the Year. After 20 years of researching and discovering what works, 
he sold that business on reaching his 50th birthday and in retirement is now giving away all of his time and intellectual property to help make the world a better place. His personal impact scorecard, and you'll remember that with B1G1, it's all measured in impacts, shows he's already made over 6 million impacts towards achieving the UN global goals. And he's inspired others to make a, 14, a further 14 million impacts. We're just starting on our journey, but I hope that with your help, we will create an impact which is huge together. So without more ado, let me introduce Steve Pipe. Hi, Gina. Thank you for those wonderful words. I'm absolutely sure my mum and dad wouldn't rec recognise me, nor indeed anybody else in my family, but you are very, very kind. I, I think I'm very honest rather than kind. So, Steve, to, uh, I've given your bio, but I think it would be useful for people to have an understanding of how you got to this place. Uh, you know, how does a man... Uh, you know, living in the UK, get to make six million impacts and actually be the person who facilitates, you know, 14 million impacts on a charity that started out in the Middle East or it, Far East, rather. Yeah, Singapore actually is where it started. And, and just, just for everybody's clarity, I don't run that charity. I'm like you, Gina, a member of that community, someone who, yeah. who chooses to, as part of who I am, as part of living my values, use some incredible tools that that charity has created that allows me to to be the person that i want to be and, and, and make the kind of difference for my children my grandchildren all of our children and grandchildren and people beyond that and the planet and the environment and animals yeah. and, and everything else so i'm i'm 60 now but as, as you said I, I i built the business and sold it to the management team at 50 helped them for a little yeah. while to finish off and but but really you said how did i get there it's a choice. I mean, the choice is, do you want to do more in your life, with your life, to create a legacy or not? And are you doing enough already? You know, make that, do that analysis and then make that choice. And I, I made that choice. And part of the analysis was I sat down and thought, well, you know, if I, I looked at our bank account and, and our savings and things, and I thought, well, yeah, I could keep on trying to earn more money. That's what we all do. We call it the yeah. rat race, don't we? But but actually, I don't think that's going to make me any happier than where I'm at now. If I'm careful with the, 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 you know, the savings and things that we have, we, could, we can make those last. I don't need to keep earning more money. And instead, what I want to do with my remaining days on this earth is something that, that creates a legacy, that, that throws some pebbles in the pond that create ripples that, that make the world a better place. And I want to be able to look my grandchildren, which I don't have any yet, but my figurative grandchildren, maybe your grandchildren, everybody's grandchildren, in the eye and if they were to sit at my knee like that famous poster from the first world war where the little child looks up at daddy and said what did you do during the great war daddy well it's not a war though maybe it is actually maybe it is yeah you know you could you could see it as as perhaps one fighting against all these forces and all these factors which are making life so tough and the planet so damaged and so on uh, i want to be able to when they ask me what did you do i want to be able to say i did everything i could I did more than I used to. I do do more every single day because to, to rely on other people to do it. And that's the excuse that most of us make. I can't do it now. Someone else do it. The girl, it's the government's yeah. job or it's the Chinese's job or whatever, or it's their yeah. fault, maybe, if not their job, you know. But 
you know, I, I'm not an activist. I'm an actionist. I, 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 you will not find me out on streets waving placards or here in the UK, you know, blocking motorways. I, I respect people that choose to do that, but that's yeah. not what I choose to do. I don't think that's actually kind, in a, in, you know, to go back to your introduction. Um, but I do absolutely believe that it's our responsibility to ourselves, to our fellow mankind alive today, including our families, and to all of those still to come, it's our responsibility to take the action that we can take. So I, for example, instead of joining a, you know, a group of people protesting against uh, carbon emissions, I sold my car, because that's a practical action. You know, we still have one small car, but we had two cars, one of which mine was a big petrol guzzler. I now try and walk and, and, and you know, use the bus and occasionally have to use Carol's car, but you know, I've done more than I was doing before. I've done what I can to take action. And I think, you know, that that for me, it, it's that it's that binary choice. Are we are you going to do enough? Because probably what we're who, each of us, every single one of us, me included, are not yet doing enough. And I don't just mean about global warming. I mean, all of these challenges, poverty, inequality, injustice, inhumanity, environmental damage, climate change, you know, cruelty, you name it. There is a long, long list of things that are that problems that need tackling. And brilliantly, United Nations has codified that. They created these 17 you know, global goals for us that set out with crystal clarity the key challenges facing humanity and, and give us a, a roadmap and a set of goals to achieve by 2030. Now, they set those back, as you know, Gina, in, in 2015. We're nearly six years down the line on that, and we are nowhere near as much as far down the line as we should be, which is because we aren't yet, each of us, doing enough. And so I think the choice today is, you know, am I going to start doing enough and at least more than I used to about those things? I loved your that expression, you know, random acts of kindness. And I think there is a wonderful role for random acts of kindness. But actually, I'm even more excited about systematic acts of kindness. I think you're right. And but I think there's a starting point. And, you know, there's a lot of in, just in that very small bit that I'd like to unpick before we move on. And one of the things I think with the UN goals is how global um, uh, goals is how few people know about them. It's and staggering, isn't it? It is. And you would think that that is something that we should all be aware of. And instead of some of the news that we get regurgitated over and over again about the negative things that are going on, talking about what the goals are and what we can do um, on, a, on a human one human at a time basis, I think, is really important. And I think there are many people who think this is too big. I can't make a difference. So they do nothing. Yeah. And I think, you know, for many people, selling their car would be a step too far. But, you know, how often could you leave the car in the drive in order to, to actually walk and get some exercise or cycle or whatever? And that's one of the reasons why I think B1G1 works so well because it actually breaks it down to make it possible for everybody every single every single one of us and certainly every single business which is what it's really designed for gina and and you are absolutely right in fact really one of the guiding principles of yeah. my entire career you know before i sold the yeah. business and, and beyond has been the recognition that if if things are too difficult we won't do them Yes. And therefore, if we're ever going to start, if we're ever going to actually yeah. tackle the difficult things, we've got to start with the easy stuff. If we don't start with the easy things, we're going to lose spirit. We're going to lose yeah. momentum. We're going to give up. And so because if we start to try and do the big thing on day one, we're almost certainly going to end up failing yeah. and giving up. But if we start with the easy stuff, then we build yeah. momentum. We build belief. We build trust. We build evidence. We build 
uh, you know, a, a buy-in and engagement, and then this ripple yeah. effect and this wave unfolds. And and one of the things that I love about BYG One is that it it allows us each of us wherever we are in wherever our mm. businesses are, startups or well established, and everything in between, small and large. Yeah. You know, UK, US, Canada, Asia, wherever in the world. You know, yeah. Every single business in the world can do the things that they enable us to do. And it comes that comes back to this idea of systematic acts of kindness. Yeah. Um, and with your permission, I would absolutely love, and there's a reason why I'd love to do this, to talk about coffee and 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 because it will illustrate, I think, brilliantly yeah. how the simple way that we can each in our businesses and to some extent in our lives. I mean, I every day, for example, in my personal life, I choose to log on to my B1G1 account and I make 17 givings. I, I plant three trees, I feed a homeless person, I put a roof over a homeless person, help an elderly. I can do that every morning. Now I could do that once a month for you know 30 days worth, but I choose to do it every morning yeah. as the first thing on my to-do list. And in fact, my to-do list for tomorrow is, is on a piece of paper next to me yeah. and right on a couple of lists is, is giving. Just because it connects me, it grounds me yeah. in the reality. And the reality is I am a lucky human being living in the part of the world I do. You know, yes. And we all are listening to this. The fact that we've yeah. got the technology to listen to this means we are lucky. And luckier than 99% of the human beings that have ever lived. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I need to, we each need, I think, to reflect. And you said something very similar to this at the beginning, didn't you? you know, we need to yeah. acknowledge and respect and and um, be grateful for our good fortune. So I'm extraordinarily good, grateful for my good fortune. But if so, every day I give. But let's just talk about this coffee example because... If anybody listening to this really wants to see how and where to start and, and the, the benefits, yes, to humanity, but also to them and their business. Because one of the things that I think gets in the way is that people think I can either be kind and generous and give yeah. or I can run a proper business. You know, it's an either or. They're mutually exclusive. They are not. They I do agree not with you. have to be. And you know, if you have to choose between profit and purpose, for example, the labels are often given to them. Well, there has to be a certain amount of profit to pay the bills and put yep. food on the table and you know take the kids to school. So it feels like you can only do it when you're ready. But that's actually the wrong way of thinking about it. It's not profit or purpose. There is a beautiful way in which we can align profit and purpose so that because we are purposeful, we become more profitable. And because we're more profitable, we can then become even more purposeful. Yeah. Those things move together in harmony rather than we do one or the other. And the coffee shop example, I think, will, will, will really illustrate that. So just imagine yep. Eugenia and everybody else uh, yep. with us today. Just imagine that, you know, I don't know where you are in the world listening, I'm, I'm sitting here in Leeds. So in, in Leeds, Yorkshire, that's about 200 miles north of London, for those that don't know the geography of, uh, of the UK. We are not currently locked down. I was talking to someone this morning in Melbourne and they still are. But yeah. at the moment, we can go out. I could be in the town centre. I might face a situation. I'm standing on a street and I really fancy a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll probably have tea, but a hot drink. I'm standing there and right in front of me are two coffee shops. Yep. They're equally convenient because they're literally in front of me. They're going to take me the same time to go in the front door. They look exactly the same. They've got the same, they sell the same coffee. It's ground in the same way using the same machine. Yeah. It's equally nice baristas. They put the same milk in, they froth it up as a latte or a cappuccino or whatever. They sell it for exactly the same price. There is no difference between these two coffee shops, one on the left and the one on the right, except that the coffee shop on the right, well, the coffee shop on the left, firstly, doesn't do the things that I'm about to explain. And the coffee shop on the 
right does these things. Mm -hmm. So the coffee shop on the right, when you go in there, you notice that there's a chalkboard. And the chalkboard says, you know, so far we've helped, we've provided six million days of help to people around the world. And you go, what? Just because you buy your coffee from us, we provided six million days. And you go, what? And there's a little QR code and you put your phone up to the QR code because it says, you know, take a yeah. look. And that zaps you through to their website. And they've got this impact statement on their website that shows exactly how and where they have made these six million differences. In fact, specifically, they have a little connection that says every time someone comes in and buys a cup of coffee, we yeah. provide clean water to a child in Africa. And that clean water not only means that they don't get ill from dirty water, but yeah. also it means that they don't spend their whole day bringing dirty water back yeah. Yeah. From, from a distant well or puddle. And therefore, they you know, often the young girl can't go to school because the youngest girl in the family has the water carrying duties. And mm -hmm. so she's, you know, doesn't go to school, doesn't get lifted up, and is stuck in poverty for the lack of clean water. But because you've gone into the coffee shop on the right and you bought a cup of coffee, that's unlocked a day's worth of water, which means there's a pump or a tap in the village so they get clean water, they don't get ill, and she can go to school, and you have changed her life. And they've done this six million times because they've sold six million cups of coffee so far. And so you're now standing outside these two coffee shops. You can go in the one on the left, whether you're £3 or $3 or whatever the going price is, you just get your cup of coffee, as you do in most coffee shops. The one on the right, you get the identical cup of coffee for the identical amount of money, but you also change your life. Now, here's the question. And I usually, if I'm in front of a, a, you know, a live audience, I was two weeks ago, my first live event, standing in front of a live audience for two years because of COVID, there were 120 people in the room. And I physically get them up to stand on their feet and say, okay, now go and queue on the right or the left. Join the queue for the coffee shop, the one on the right or the one on the left. I promise you, and there's a video that shows this, 119 people went in the queue on the right and one person went on the left. And the reason he went in the queue on the left was because the queue on the right was too big. <laughs> the point is, 120 of them would have done if the queue wasn't so long, chosen to support the coffee shop on the right. Why? Because the coffee shop is doing the right thing. The coffee shop on the left is going to get left behind. It's not in tune with the needs of the time. But this isn't about coffee shops. This is just about any business. Coffee shop's just a metaphor. The yeah. point is, and there's a huge body of evidence that doesn't consist of people standing up and joining coffee shop queues that supports this. And the evidence is that when you do stuff that that resonates with your customers. If you have purpose built, baked into the core of your business in as systematic acts of kindness, every cup of coffee yeah. results in a, a day of water. That's systematic, that's not random, that's not occasionally we give someone water, it's every single time, that's what your brand stands for. Then people support that, they wanna be part of that. Just imagine the energy that the baristas have knowing that every cup of coffee changes a life. Just imagine when people go back and, and talk about those two coffee shops. Which one are they going to talk about? Which one yeah. are they going to refer to? Where's the word of mouth advertising? It's obviously the coffee shop on the right because they're doing the right thing. The coffee shop on the right is going to sell 119 cups of coffee to the people in that room two weeks ago and yeah. one cup of coffee to the coffee shop on the left. Now, you tell me, and we know the answer already, don't we? But which one of those is the, the most sensible commercial way to run your business? to be the equivalent of the coffee shop on the right. And there's this wonderful overlap. The coffee shop on the right is, a, is what for me hits the decision-making sweet spot. And the decision-making sweet spot is where something is both, where a decision to do something is both supported by the facts, the evidence, the data. Yeah. Rationally, it's the right thing to do. I'm an accountant after all. So I want stuff to be, to, to stack up with the evidence. Rationally, 
I should absolutely be running my business like the coffee shop on the right, because that one's going to sell more coffee or whatever else it is that I sell. Rationally, if I was an accountant advising those two, a coffee shop owner would say, be like the one on the right. Why on earth would you be like the one on the left? But then the second dimension to a decision is the rational dimension and the emotional dimension. What does it feel like? Does it feel right when you tell me which of those two coffee shops is going to put joy in your heart, spring in your step, a smile on your face to own, to run, to tell your children and grandchildren that you started or that you led or that you moved to the next stage of its development. The one on the left has got nothing to say other than we didn't sell much coffee. Sorry, we didn't make much money. Sorry, kids, I didn't change the world. I didn't, couldn't pay for your education, blah, 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 blah. The one on the right, everything hangs together. There's this decision-making sweet spot where the rational reason for doing it, the commercial reasons, the financial reasons, you sell more coffee and the emotional reasons, it's the right thing to do as a human being, to live your legacy, in your words from before, which I love, you know, to live your legacy. And you were you were ridiculously generous enough to call me kind, a heart on legs. But you know, every business can be a heart on legs. It's as simple as making that choice. Every single business listening to this has a choice, and it's a binary choice. Are we going to run our business, carry on running our business like the coffee shop on the left, or are we going to start from today, from now, running it like the coffee shop on the right. Now, just just in case people, because I'm an accountant, and people go, yeah, but how much would it cost to do that, Steve? One cup of water, so one cup of coffee you sell for three pounds, three dollars, whatever the going price is. The day's worth of water costs less than one US cent. So they sell, you know, a million cups of coffee, it's going to cost them $10,000. That's a coffee shop that has driven a million sales of coffee for $10,000, maybe over a 10-year period or a five-year period or a two-year period, who knows? It's tiny. And here's the interesting thing. When I then say to people, okay, so you now, let's say that the coffee shop on the right put up its price by one cent to more than cover the cost of the water. So now you're standing outside the two coffee shops and you can go in the one on the left and get the cheaper coffee for three pounds or three dollars. Go in the one on the right, you can change your life, but it's going to cost you three dollars and a cent. Would you switch? Would you now go into the one on the left? And everybody, every single person says, no, of course not. I'd still support the one on the right because it's doing the right thing. So the one on the right is getting all of those benefits and it's not costing it a single penny because the extra cost of providing the water is more than paid for by the extra slightly higher price. To me, that is genius. That's like the holy grail of business. It's also the holy grail for solving the world's problems. Because if every business was like the coffee shop on the right, just imagine how quickly we would solve poverty and inequality and tackle that lack of access to water and, and education and plant trees. And just imagine how much better the world would be for all of us. And it starts with that binary choice. You know, am I gonna do enough? Am I gonna be like the coffee shop on the right? The answer is either yes or no. And if, some, if people don't actually make a decision, they've chosen no. That's the default position. That's where we are now. I think you make a very, very strong argument, and certainly you're so passionate about what you do. I think there are lots of things that made me decide to be on to be one G one. All of those things that you've talked about, but there were other issues that I thought were B one G one scores. We hear so much about corruption and about giving money and huge wages going to CEOs of charities who are creaming off the, your hard-earned money. And I, you know, the fact that B1G1 raises the money to run itself as a separate thing, 
yeah. and that the projects are carefully vetted and that you know that the money is going to go to do what it is that it says on the tin, for me, gave me a huge reassurance that yeah. actually I was going to be involved in something that was not only going to do the right thing, but was going to do that with integrity and was going to do that in, in a, um, a really structured uh, way that was sustainable. I, I agree with you completely, and, and you would expect me to, because I'm an accountant. In fact, I started my career as an auditor. My whole professional training was to challenge things and check that they yeah. are true. You know, that that's my background. And it's really interesting that probably 40, maybe as much as 50%, certainly 30 or 40% yeah. of all B1GO members across the world are also accountants. They have the most cynical, skeptical, inquiring... <laughs> due diligence driven mindset and yet they have said this is great and, and this makes that, good business sense it, yeah. it, it makes good business sense yes but i'm also really reassured they've all said effectively that this is this is this delivers what it says on the tin now i've my due diligence has included yeah. actually working with one of the charities in cambodia so b1g is effectively a funnel it it, it yeah. funnels funds and gives 100 percent of the funds that it that go through its platform to the charities, uh, charities around the world that do wonderful jobs. And as you say, due diligence is them carefully. So B1G1 yeah. is a charity, but it doesn't plant trees or educate kids. It simply raises money and then channels that to other charities that mm -hmm. do those things. So I now work with one of those charities in Cambodia that, that protects vulnerable girls from sex trafficking. And you know, I've seen from the other side of the charity yeah. fence the, 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 the money flowing through and the difference that it's made. And then I went out to Kenya just before COVID, actually, September 2019, with my daughter and about 20 of us. And you know, we actually visited some of those charities. We, we saw yeah. the problems. We, we, we saw the impact. We saw the gratitude. We saw it on the ground for real. That's part. Those have been part of my due diligence. And like you, I love the fact that if I choose to, this morning, for example, I, I, I was um, talking to a group of people about this kind of stuff. And as part of that explanation, um, I gave $35, which funded, get this extraordinarily, 4,260 days of access to a, class, a science laboratory classroom for children in India. Um, because the science lab costs about $400 to set up, but actually lots yeah. of children will use it for lots of time. So the per person yeah. per day cost of funding that was roughly one cent. So my $35 funded 4,000 days worth. Now, when I gave my $35, which I did you know, live in front of the people, just to show how incredibly easy it was, yeah. I know with absolute certainty my $35 is going to go to B1G and the charity and 100% of that money is going to be passed through, in this case, to a charity in India called the Bombay Mothers and Orphans Society yeah. that actually builds that science laboratory. And the money is ring-fenced. They can only use it for that, for that thing. So there's no deduction for even yeah. the, the bank charges, as you know, Gene. There's no deduction and there's complete ring-fencing. So. I'm funding, I was able to fund this morning, a specific outcome, 4,260 yeah. days use of a science lab. If I gave my $35 to almost any other charity I can think of, I have no idea no. what difference that's made. It's going to make a wonderful difference because charities do awesome jobs around yeah. the world. I don't know how much my $35, though, as you say, is, is swallowed, swallowed up by you know, all those legitimate expenses that charities have, credit card charges, technology, professional services, offices, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I have no idea. And even if I could get to the bottom bit and it was roughly, let's say, 70%, $25 or so was going through to a project, they can't tell me which projects. It just goes into a fund. Mm. And that yeah. fund then gets you know, spent. But 
it's not identifiable. And, no. and so with most traditional charitable giving, all I can measure is how much I've given. Yeah. But with the B1G1 model, we can measure, you and I can measure, and we do exactly the difference it's made, exactly the impact, exactly how many days use of that science laboratory, or exactly how many days access to education or clean water or medical facilities, yeah. or exactly how many trees were planted, and so on and so forth. And because it knows exactly how many have been planted, it keeps the score for us. I'm going to stop you because our time is limited and I want to just explore and let people know because one of the things, I mean, there's several things that have have, uh, really impressed me about, which is why I joined, is talking about, so people who join through this program, and I hope that they will, if they use my code, what we get to see is that the impacts that have come via this message coming through the show. But you have an amazing thing called the beehive, which shows how the impacts of one are then anybody introduced through the show and all my guests get invited to choose a project and some of my guests have joined B1G1 so that their impacts become something that I can start to see the impact of of my work to spread the word going forward. Now, you've got an amazing group of people. I'm one of your beehive. Talk to people about the beehive. I'm just very conscious. Um, I want to get through as many things in terms of time so people have a really good understanding. There are are so many bits of genius in the B1G1 setup. Now, bear in mind, just to remind people, because I'm sounding like I'm, this is my baby and I created it and I own it. I do not. I use it in the same way that I use Zoom to have video meetings and I use Dropbox. it's the best set of tools I have ever seen to, to yes. be the, the human being that I, I want to be. So I, that's why I'm so passionate about it. Um, but one of the amazing things that it allows me and indeed anybody else to do, as you say, is to, is to have this hive. And that, that essentially is to build a community where, I, and I support my community of about 500 businesses, and every single person listening today is welcome to join that community and, uh, alongside you, Dina. And, and, and I w- I, I'm giving away all my time and energy and intellectual property, and as you can tell, I can talk for England on this subject. But I'm really, really quiet. This is not my natural persona. But when you get passionate about something, you're, you're, you're like this or I'm like this. Um, so what the Hive allows us to do is to keep track of our collective, our combined impact on the world. So my personal mission, the reason I get up in the morning and sometimes ridiculously early in the morning, and the reason why I'm often not sleeping because my head is buzzing is because my personal mission is to help unlock 100 million days of health by 2030, which is the deadline for the UN Global Goals. And because of the B1G1 measurement system, I know exactly where we're at. As of this morning, we were at 22.4 million days of help provided because it just basically the 500 people that are on this journey with me, businesses and being on this journey with me just means that, yeah, I like what you're talking about, Steve. I'd like to do it you know, in the same sort of way. And then I will support them um, as, as I try to with you, Gina. And collectively our impacts add up to what, 10, 10 or 11 million this year and 22 million in total because obviously we're gathering momentum yeah. and, as we need to in order to, to reach those targets and I, I when I by 2030 I will be at that point um, 71 and at that point I may actually retire um, no, I'll be I sitting, don't see it myself but who knows who knows I might be like <laughs> run and, and, and never I'm retire. much closer to that age than you and I have to say I have no intention of, of you do retiring. things that you love it's not work anyway yeah. is it Gina so and, and when you do things that matter that you love that fill your heart with joy 
that you can see a demonstrable measurable difference happening then um then then you, you ne almost never want to stop but i'm certainly already getting you know spending more time with my family and, and kids and wife in particular great um, i've got to stop you because i I've, yeah. I've got limited time i want you to talk to um to our viewers and listeners about the two books yeah well, if, if those of you that can see, you can see one of them over my shoulder, but it doesn't matter whether you can see or not. That, that, that coffee shop example is really the starting point for a sim very simple step-by-step -step process that I've created. It's in a book called Our Time to Rise. There's a website called ourtimetorise.global where you can download the book for free. It's on Amazon for $45. Please, please, please don't buy it. I actually don't want to sell a single copy. You just have to have your book on Amazon, but we want to give away a million copies. Our objective is to give away a million copies of that book, because what that book does is it sets out in step by step detail exactly how you can be like the coffee shop on the right. You can build those, take your values and build them into your business in a very simple. It's a workbook. It's not war and peace. It's a short book, 80 pages. Most of those pages are pictures and step by step checklists. So that's the first book. You can download it from OurTimeToRise.Global and in fact, even if you like the book, I'll put your name on the cover, every single reader. I'll create a special edition of that book so you can give it away. You can write a forward. I'll drop the forward in the book. We'll put your logo and contact details on the back. You can give that book away because I just that's how we're going to get a million copies out there is where people just love to it say, and to give it away. Um, we have our version. You do, Please Gina. email Gina at genuinely-new.com and we will send you a free That's copy. the best way. That's absolutely the best way to do it. So please do that. Sorry, Gina, I should have said that for you. So, <laughs> That's okay. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, so you know, because Gina walks the talk, she does this stuff. This is real. This is not for the purposes of, you know. No, no, show. not at all. This is, this okay. is who she is, um, which is why I'm thrilled to be here with you, Gina, and, and with your audience too. So the first book, it shows you how to do it. The second book, which is the one you can see over my shoulder, is actually the sister book. Um, and it's called The World's Most Inspiring Businesses. And what that's full of are stories of businesses doing this stuff. So I told you the story of a coffee shop, but in there, there are you know, hundreds and hundreds of examples of businesses that are actually doing this and linking through to, so you can see that the, uh, the difference that they have made. Now, collectively, I think currently they're just over 70, the book is still being added to, um, but in its current form, there are 70 something businesses in it. And when I last looked at the score, I think we're at 25 million days of help provided by those 70 or so businesses. And many of those businesses are very small. I mean, my business now is me sitting at home here in Leeds, working from my study. And we've got 6 million days of because I've been doing it for 11 years and I build it into absolutely everything I do. Um, so there are two books that are there as resources and opportunities. They're resources because they'll show you how and they're opportunities because actually you can get your name on the book. You can feature in the world's most inspiring businesses. If you do this stuff, I'll put you in the book and then you can use that to promote your business as well. So this adds to the coffee shop on the right effect where it's the right thing to do rationally and it's the right thing to do emotionally. And why would anybody not do it well we've i'm what we've done today is we've used your interview to take over the whole show and we've literally got um a minute and a half left so please tell people where they can find you contact you um it'd be really great if you mentioned that the contact has come through this show uh because i'm really keen to see how big a spread we can create 
through the auspices of this show. So, Steve, where can people meet you? Well, the easiest way is for people to reach out to me via my email address. So, steve at stevepipe.com. And, and hopefully you can see it on the screen now. Steve at Steve. So, my surname is Pipe, P-I-P-E. Steve Pipe is one of those domains I could easily get because there aren't many people called Pipe. Um, there are there is no R at the end. It's not Piper, which is what people usually think. So Steve at stevepipe.com or our time to rise.global, which we, we showed you before, or you'll find me on LinkedIn and Facebook. And because my name's unusual, I'm actually quite easy to find. I would absolutely love to help each and every one of you. I'd love to have a one-to-one a -one or a small group conversation with anybody at any time who wants to build this kind of thinking into their business or even just wants to explore the possibility of building it into their business. I'll help you for free. Steve, thank you. I, you know that uh, your passion comes through and it's something that I feel so strongly about. Uh, we've had Masami on the show, we've had yourself and we will continue to be uh, supporters of B1G1. What I would say to you, thank you very much for watching and listening. Remember that everybody who watches or downloads, we automatically will then donate impact to B1G1. And if you're a business owner and you're thinking of doing it, please don't hesitate because it makes great sense at every level. But what I'd like to leave you with is choose from today that being kind and generous and thoughtful to yourself and others, make that who you are. Because when we each engage in acts of kindness, we make this world a better place. And you're not too small to make a difference. You'll have heard me say that, you know, if you think you're too small to make a difference, think about sleeping in the room with a mosquito at night and know that little things can make a huge difference. Part of being the leader of your own life is to lead with integrity, compassion and with courage. And I ask every one of you to do that, to be kind and to spread the kindness around. So, Steve, Thanks very much. And to all of you listening, please do get involved with B1G1. Take care now and be the leader of your own life. You have been listening to The Leadership for Life with your host, Gina Gardner. Make sure you tune in to W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV next Thursday and every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time for more Leadership for Life. If you missed any part of this episode or just want to hear or see it again, you can find the archive of the TV show on Talk 4 TV's YouTube channel and the podcast of The Leadership for Life on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Amazon Music, and wherever you listen to your podcasts.